0: South Carolina's defense will be looking to replicate the success they had against Kentucky this coming weekend against their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers. And I think personally that they can do it. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Before we get into this jam-packed Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, I want to let y'all know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com/slash/lockedoncollege and use code Locked College for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Daily fantasy sports made easy. On today's show, we're going to touch on the particular matchups between South Carolina's offense going against the Clemson Tigers defense, and vice versa. And at the end of the show, we'll revisit Juice Wells' post that he put out on Monday evening regarding his return and a potential concern that some fans have when reading that post. We're going to touch on all of that on today's edition of Locked on Gamecocks. So let's start with the matchup between South Carolina's defense and the Clemson Tigers offense. Because when I look at this game, I think that defensive coordinator Clayton White, he needs to utilize the same strategy against this Clemson offense that he used against Kentucky this past weekend. The strategy being this. If you slow down the run game, you slow down the offense as a whole. Now, obviously, you know, This is something that is sort of common knowledge amongst those that really pay attention to college football and those that especially are involved in it as a coach. You never want to let the run game beat you over and over and over again. But in the case of the Clemson Tigers offense, much like Kentucky's offense that the Gamecocks faced this past week, if you let their run game just go off throughout this entire matchup, it will set up everything else for your opponent. Now, against the Kentucky Wildcats, South Carolina did a pretty good job overall of containing that running back group. They gave up 122 rushing yards on 27 recorded carries. And that led to an average of 4.51 yards per carry for Kentucky, which sounds pretty good. But the thing is, Kentucky had an explosive run of 31 yards. That was produced by Ray Davis. And if you take out that one run, the Wildcats' average yards per carry number drops down to 3.5, which tells you that overall, South Carolina, outside of, again, a couple of explosive plays, they did what they needed to do against the Kentucky Wildcats in Week 12, which was they forced quarterback Devin Leary to have to make more plays than he had proven he could make to this point in the season. We discussed the road struggles that this Kentucky offense had had, the inefficiencies that were showing up, and the fact that Devin Leary, despite all the hype coming into this season, had just not performed all that well in 2023. And so, that's why I felt like South Carolina could win last week against Kentucky, and it wound up playing out that way. And I think that the Gamecocks defense has the same opportunity this week against this Clemson offense, because the Tigers, they rely pretty heavily on their running back tandem of Will Shipley and Paul Moffa. And they also have a very methodical and conservative short yardage passing game, Go along with that. The Tigers are not going to be built on explosive plays, much like the Gamecocks offense is. This is a unit that wants to drive down the field and really grind out long drives of eight, nine, or ten or more plays. And Will Shipley and Paul Moffat, the thing that is uh, dangerous about those two running backs is they are really tough to bring down. They both average 5.1 and 5.4 yards per carry, respectively. They don't always go down on first contact. you got to bring your lunch pail, so to speak, when you are trying to tackle these guys one-on-one in open space. And you've definitely got to try to attack their lower half. Otherwise, you stand a good chance of getting stood up and basically just kind of brushed to the side by both of these players. Now, the key difference between the Tigers' rushing attack and Kentucky's rushing attack is Kentucky's offensive line, while I wouldn't say they are great, I would say that the Wildcats' offensive line is a solid unit. It is a good unit. But Clemson's offensive line, I think, is a little bit worse than what Kentucky showed against South Carolina back in week 12. This unit gives up an average of 6.36 tackles for loss per game, which ranks 96th in the FBS, one of the worst marks in the country. And to get an idea of what this unit looks like on the field, I went back and watched their game against NC State Specifically, because for one, that game was on the road, and two, NC State, their base defense is a 3-3-5 defense, which is what I would expect South Carolina to run once again this coming Saturday night. And when I watched that game, the Wolfpack did a really good job of stuffing the run game on early downs and forcing the Tigers into a bunch of 3rd and 8 plus obvious passing down situations, essentially putting the game in Cade Klubnik's hands. And if South Carolina can do the same thing on Saturday night in Williams Bryce, I think their chances of winning increase exponentially because when you watch this offense from the Tigers, for whatever reason, whether it's they don't trust Cade Klubnik or they don't trust the receivers or maybe they lack trust in both of those units They run a lot of route concepts that do not go beyond 10 yards down the field. They will use a lot of slants, a lot of drag routes, some archer routes, some spacing concepts, swing passes, screen passes, you name it. Pretty much anything before the first down marker, that is where you'll typically see a lot of their receivers when they are running their routes. And because of that, K. Klubnick has gotten into a trend of, he does not put a lot of air underneath his passes. He pretty much puts it on a rope or puts it on a line straight to his target. And... Because of that, I think South Carolina's defensive front, they could be active with their hands in this game in terms of trying to bat down passes at the line of scrimmage. Maybe they could tip a couple passes, keep it in the air, and give themselves an opportunity to get a couple of interceptions. They've been very good with that over the past few weeks, South Carolina's defensive front. And so it would not surprise me at all if that is a point of emphasis for them again this coming Saturday. And the last thing I want to touch on before we move on here kate klubnik i'm by no means trying to say that he's a bad quarterback i think that he does have some positive traits to his game but when you look at his home and road splits on his stat sheet for the 2023 season it is clear and evident that kate klubnik is a very different quarterback in a negative way when he is playing away from memorial stadium and on the road and the thing is He's not really played in front of that many hostile environments this year. He played in front of a Duke crowd, a Syracuse crowd, Miami crowd, and NC State crowd all on the road. And only one of those games saw an attendance of more than 49,000 fans. That game was against NC State. South Carolina's Williams-Brice Stadium holds up to 77,000 people. This will be by far the most intimidating environment that Cade Klebnik has played in to this point in his young college career. And if he is forced to have to make plays to win this game for Clemson, I'm really meaning when I say it, I like South Carolina's chances to win this football game. Obviously, stopping Will Shipley and Paul Moffa or at least slowing them down enough That is definitely a task in and of itself, but if you can accomplish that goal like you did again last week against Kentucky's Ray Davis and Ramon Jefferson, then I think the Gamecocks, at least offensively, they will give themselves a good shot to win this football game. So what exactly does South Carolina's offense have to do against this Clemson Tigers defense? Which... As they do every single year, possesses a lot of NFL talent at different levels. We're going to touch on all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Now, I really like using prize picks because prize picks makes it really simple and easy to make your selections for upcoming games, whether it is football, basketball, college, or professional. All you got to do is pick anywhere from two to six athletes from different sports or different matchups and pick whether or not they're going to go more than or less than their projected stat line that is provided by prize picks. The NFL has got a couple games going on on Thursday with Thanksgiving taking place. And one of those games is the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Seattle Seahawks all the way up in the corridor of the Northwest. And... I think that Seattle quarterback Geno Smith is going to struggle in this game and throw for less than 239 and a half passing yards because the 49ers defense is uh, top five in the league. Seattle does not have very much of a run game to complement their passing game. And it's also a very short week. So the signals and play calls are going to be a lot more simple which means San Francisco will be able to feast on that Seattle offense a lot more than maybe they would on a regular week. If you agree with me, or maybe you're interested in checking out some other games and athletes, be sure to go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnCollege and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnCollege and promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy welcome back to this wednesday edition of the locked on gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day and as always i really appreciate each and every one of you everydayers who make the locked on gamecocks podcast either your first listen wherever you get your audio podcast daily or your first watch on youtube Now, when looking at South Carolina's offense and how those guys match up against this Clemson Tigers defense, the main takeaway that I have is that Spencer Rattler and this unit are going to have to make the most of their opportunities that they get against the Tigers on Saturday night. Clemson, look, whether you hate them or maybe you're a Tiger fan that's watching this show just because it is rivalry week, uh, either way, I got to admit, the Tigers, they've got some really solid dudes at each level of this unit. And I th- think plenty of Gamecock fans would agree with that notion. They've got plenty of NFL guys like Xavier Thomas and TJ Parker on the defensive line. Their linebackers, Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter Jr., both of those guys are probably day one and day two draft picks. And then Nate Wickens at the cornerback position. Gives Clemson fans a lot of confidence that maybe they can lock down Xavier LeGay. We'll see, of course, if that is the case once Saturday night arrives. But the point here is that Clemson has got a really good defensive unit, and that is really no different from what we have been saying over the past five, six, seven years and what we have seen from that football team. They run a multi front defense, so they will show you sometimes a 4-2-5 look. Sometimes it will look like they basically got five people along the line of scrimmage. They will give you a beverage of different fronts and looks. They will shift guys around, especially if you maybe have an audible where you end up changing your entire formation and set, or maybe you motion guys out to different areas of the field. And they do a lot of that to try and throw you off on the offensive line or at the quarterback position. They try to give you a bunch of different visual cues to have to keep in mind. And that is to make you overthink. It's to make you make a mistake and shoot yourself in the foot so that they can go and make a play in the backfield. So with all that bearing in mind, how will South Carolina need to attack this Tigers defense? Well, the first thing that I'll go ahead and get out of the way is this. I will say I think it is going to be a struggle for the Gamecocks when it comes to trying to produce a run game. Now, does that mean that Dow Loggins is not going to try To run the football on Saturday night? No, it does not. Dow Loggins is going to still see if he can get something out of that backfield with Mario Anderson Jr., Dontavious Braswell, you know, DeKaren Jordan might be back this week, but who knows if he's 100% or not. And it would not surprise me at all if maybe Lenore Sellers gets some more snaps. Maybe they see a different package this week because I have to admit, I understand, you know, putting things on film and what that can do in terms of defense is preparing for him but I think South Carolina was a bit too predictable in all honesty with Lenore Sellers this past week I think they need to switch things up a little bit with that package or give him just a completely new package if you're going to use him against the Clemson Tigers defense point being I think it's going to be an all hands on deck approach when it comes to the run game but either way I don't think they're going to get much out of it because Clemson very athletic especially up front Uh, Spencer Rattler, you are going to have to move him around some. Clemson is known for having a very good defense in terms of pressuring the quarterback. Now, in terms of actually accumulating sacks, I would say that they're not the best in this regard. They used to be tops in the country when Brent Venables was there. Brent Venables has been in Norman, Oklahoma for the past couple of seasons. And with Wes Goodwin, they're a defense that now is uh, more predicated around just trying to flush the quarterback out into uncomfortable situations rather than just basically sending seven, eight guys into the box and trying to get an immediate sack within like a second or two of the ball being snapped. So I think that South Carolina, look, if they were able to hold up last year against what Clemson had up front, then I think that they can do it again this year against this Clemson defensive front. But if you're Dow logins, you're still going to have to do some different things with Spencer Brown to try to protect him and also give him some different looks. You're going to have to use some bootlegs and rollouts to get him moving out of the pocket. Essentially move the pocket horizontally on the football field. You're going to probably have to use some misdirection. You're going to have to definitely use the screen game at times. Use some motion to help your quarterback out. Moving the launch point, which I just basically talked about with bootlegs and rollouts. Dow Loggins is going to have to call a really good game on Saturday night just to give the Gamecocks some opportunities because the way I see this game is, again, very similar to how sort of the Kentucky game actually played out, which was the Gamecocks had a very tough time consistently moving the football. They had very few drives that really got deep into Kentucky's territory last week. I foresee the same kind of game this week against Clemson. I think that South Carolina can drive down the field in certain stretches in this game. I think having a good start will be important for them when Dal Loggins is going through his 15 or 20-play script. I think you definitely have to see Spencer Rattler and Xavier get show up and show out. And as I'll get into more so on the Friday show, I think that you'll have to see sort of a third person really stand out amongst those skilled players for South Carolina's offense. But I will warn you, Gamecock fans, this is going to be a game where sometimes uh, offensive drives are going to be very ugly. You might see, once again, a lot of three and outs in this matchup. I just realized that my Gamecock helmet is not rotating like it was probably at the beginning of the show. So that's great. But to get back to what I was talking about, there's going to be ebbs and flows in this game. So the key for South Carolina overall is when you get to Clemson's side of the field, when you get inside their 40-yard line, you have got to take advantage of opportunities to score points. Whether it is a field goal or a touchdown does not matter. Unless you're in a certain situation late in this ball game, you've got to find ways to score when you have your opportunities. Against Kentucky last week, there was a couple times where South Carolina, they blew their chances. For example, South Carolina was in field goal range at one point in the second half against Kentucky's defense. And it was, I want to say, you know, third and 10 plus. It was an obvious passing situation. But Spencer Rattler, he wound up sort of running basically straight backwards because he got pressured and he got sacked right around the 50-yard line and it took South Carolina completely out of field goal range. Mitch Jeter couldn't even go out there and attempt a kick and instead they had to punt. You cannot make those kind of mistakes against this Clemson Tigers defense. No bad penalties, no badly timed sacks. And obviously, I say all that, it's going to happen at certain points in this game. But this offense, I still think, with the play calling that they have from Dow Loggins and the stars that they do have, I do think that they will still have a couple of opportunities in this matchup. But to reiterate my point one more time, you're going to have to capitalize on it when you get those chances. Now, we'll talk more about the Palmetto Bowl over the next couple of days with my Thursday and Friday show. But to end today's show, I'm going to revisit what all we discussed with Juice Wells on our Tuesday show after he announced that he was returning. Was there a part of the post that maybe I overlooked that I know that some of you definitely pointed out when I posted the show on Tuesday? We're going to dive into that whole conversation once again in just a few moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show was also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Now, obviously... We are now in the midst of the holiday season. We're just one day away from Thanksgiving. Obviously, we're around a month away from Christmas. And so, with the holiday season, shopping is about to really pick up here. And I know for a lot of small businesses out there, you have to hire more people, more employees to try and match the demand that you have from your consumers and from your customers. And so, you might be out there looking for some viable candidates to fill out certain roles in your small business. And if you find yourself in that position i highly recommend that you go and check out linkedin jobs today all you got to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word to everyone that you are hiring and then you can utilize tools like screening questions to filter through all the viable candidates it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires because linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to Faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked on Gamecocks podcast. We cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. Okay. I wanted to go back and revisit what all we discussed with Antoine Juice-Wells and his announcement on Monday evening. If y'all missed the Tuesday show and maybe just as a Gamecock fan, you've been living under a rock for the past 48 hours. Let me just give you a quick recap. Juice-Wells announced on Monday night on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, that he was returning for 2024. Now, I did a whole show on Tuesday talking about, you know, what a big deal this is for South Carolina, you know, what this says about a bunch of people in the program right now, what this means for the wide receiver room, and, you know, how this could affect Shane Beamer's transfer portal strategy at the wide receiver position heading into this incoming transfer portal cycle. But with that show, I looked back and noticed that there were a lot of comments from people Regarding the actual message and saying that, you know, did that mean that you suppose was actually coming back to play at South Carolina? And at first, I will admit, I didn't think very much of it. But as I kept seeing people leave that same kind of comment, I went back and decided to sort of revisit his actual statement. And here was the statement that he gave on Monday evening. Quote, clearing the air, I'm not playing, in reference to the Clemson game. And not holding out for the NFL draft. I'll be back next year. Now the thing that those same people that I just referenced a couple moments ago were pointing out was the fact that Antoine Juice Wells did not specifically state in that post or tweet that he was coming back to South Carolina. And so the concern that that is creating amongst some fans is that this could mean that Antoine Juice Wells is leaving the door open to go into the transfer portal. And you're now having PTSD flashbacks from what happened last offseason where, you know, player after player after player, like major contributors for this team, just suddenly in the span of a week or two decided that they were not going to play for South Carolina anymore and they wanted to go elsewhere. And it went on for about four or five weeks. And so I can understand sort of, with that bearing in mind why you would maybe have a bit of worry. And so that's the first thing I want to state. I'm not going to blow this off completely. I can understand where some of these people are coming from, where you are coming from, if you are one of those people listening or watching to today's show. And so I decided real quickly, we can run through some of the possible explanations behind, you know, this tweet just to go ahead and get it over with, because quite frankly, I don't want to speculate much beyond today's show about what Juice Wells may or may not do. So here's the first explanation Juice Wells is returning to South Carolina, and there isn't much to read beyond this tweet. You know, you can use Occam's razor theory, which basically means that what it looks like is indeed what it is. And what the tweet looks like is Juice Wells is coming back to South Carolina. You know, Yes, he was a bit vague about it, but you know, there might have not have been any actual thought process behind the way that he actually crafted or constructed that post. And to be fair, there were several media people on Monday evening and on Tuesday morning and afternoon that talked about this post in the same vein, as if Juice Wells is coming back to South Carolina. And those people are as follows. Former 107.5 The Game afternoon host, Heath Klein, The fans, Mark Ryan from the Upstate. Yes, I know a lot of y'all don't like him, but still, he did talk about this. Sports anchors, Chaz Frazier and Mike Gillespie from ABC Columbia News. And Chase Justice of WYFF News 4 in Greenville, which I believe is their NBC affiliate. So the point here is... Those people talked about Juice Wells' post like that means he is coming back to South Carolina. And I would take their word for it, the majority of them, that they have people on the inside that are telling them that that is what is happening here. So that is the first possible explanation is that it is what it actually is. Juice Wells is coming back to South Carolina. But again, there are other ways that you can interpret this. Here's the second sort of possible explanation. Maybe. This is a leveraging type of post. Maybe Juice Wells is leveraging the possibility of him going into the portal for possibly more NIL money. Again, this is why I don't want to speculate about this beyond today because I'm not trying to make it out like Juice is trying to make a play here for more money. I'm not trying to. But if you really want to dissect this post to the infinite degree then you could possibly make an argument that this is something that is indeed happening. We've obviously seen other players of college football that have done this. They've done this by actually going into the transfer portal. So, you know, maybe that is what is happening here. But again, we don't know for certain. And then the last possible explanation is, um, you know, Juice Wells is coming back to college football, but he's not coming back to South Carolina. You know, he did actually have a reason for posting the tweet or Posting whatever he said on X the way he did. And somebody maybe has already reached out to him. Maybe he already has a decision in mind. I'm not trying to say all this to send y'all into a tailspin and make you all of a sudden very concerned. I still believe that Juice Wells is coming back to South Carolina for this next season. I believe that. Now, can I prove it to you? Can I validate to you? Admittedly, no, I cannot. And I definitely hear your concerns about, you know, the fact that, again, he did not explicitly say he's coming back to South Carolina, so I'm not trying to blow it off. It's the reason why I'm talking about this again, but I still feel like, deep down, at the end of the day, Juice Wells will come back to South Carolina. Now, if you, if you, again, still have concerns about, you know, whether or not he could go into the portal, hey... I'm not going to blow that off. I I absolutely hear you on that. And by all means, continue the conversation in the comments section on YouTube. Or you can shoot me a direct message on X if you're listening to today's show wherever you get your audio podcast daily. So, we'll see, of course, as time wears on, if maybe there is something deeper to this. I mean, the Transfer Portal, it does open up, I believe, the day after the Conference Championship Games take place. And that day I want to say, is December the 4th. And that is a Sunday. So... You know, I guess we'll have to pay attention for the first 48 to 72 hours of that transfer portal window to see if indeed Juice Wells is making a move somewhere else or if he is coming back to South Carolina. But with all that being said, that does it for today's edition of the Locked on Gamecocks podcast. I really appreciate each and every one of you for tuning into today's show. Again, let me know your thoughts on the matchup between Saffron's offense and defense going against Clemson's offense and defense and the Juice Well situation. Let me know all your thoughts on Twitter or X or on YouTube. But as always, thank you for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. And I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show right here on the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. <laughs>